Welcome to the Real Tea with Trania podcast, where real talk meets a real walk in Christ. I am your host, Trania Sante, and this is episode 11, Practicing Purity. What's going on, everybody? Happy new month. It is February of 2024. And guys, how was your January? I feel like my January was pretty straight. I mean... Did some things that I didn't do last January. However, I still have some goals that I'm I'm working on reaching. So I would say February, I mean, January was pretty good to start off. So February, it's kind of time to take it up a notch, you know, just a little bit. And hit those goals that we were trying to reach, you know. So hoping the same for you as well, as always, you know. This is the day, this is the month that the Lord has made, so we shall rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. All right. So today we're talking about practicing purity, guys, and um, I really want us to listen to this episode with an open mind um, and with a heart posture to understand and take something with you, as always, when you come listen to every single episode. Thank you. So let's just jump right into it. What is purity and why is it important to practice this as a follower and believer of Christ? Why is it important to practice purity as a child of God? Well, the definition for purity is freedom from contamination and immorality. It is a lack of corruption, right? So as always, we're going to jump into some scripture and first we're going to go into Galatians chapter 5 and I'm going to read from verse 19 to 21 and in this scripture it's going to show us and open us up to what it looks like to be contaminated all right we're going to first start off with contamination what it means to be contaminated, and how we can transition into being pure and practicing purity. So we are in Galatians chapter 5, verse 19 to 21, and it says, The acts of the flesh are obvious. It is sexual immorality, impurity, and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Amen. And we can keep going um, into the next few verses to kind of balance out what it looks like as an opener to be pure, right? And it says in verse 22, but the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such, there is no law. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the spirit, let us keep in step with the spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking, and envying each other. So that was Galatians chapter 5, 
verses 19 all the way to 26. It gives us examples of what it looks like to be contaminated, and it gives us examples of what it looks like to be pure in Christ, which is by the help of the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of us and is given to us as a gift when we accept Christ Jesus as our Lord and Savior. Amen. I also want us to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 18. And it says, Run from sexual sin. No other sin so clearly affects the body as this one does. For sexual immorality is a sin against your own body. Verse 19, don't you realize that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives in you and was given to you by God? You do not belong to yourself. Verse 20, for God bought you with a high price, so you must honor God with your body. The scripture also opens up another aspect of what we should do when something seeks to contaminate us. I know for a lot of us as young people, sexual sin is something that is a plague. Like it is something that is so prevalent and it's something that is so common with amongst young people, that spirit of lust that runs rampant and the spirit of lust contaminates our temple. The Bible just told us that our body is a temple of the Holy Spirit who lives inside of us. So if the Holy Spirit is pure, if the Holy Spirit is holy, we do our temple a disservice because it says that we don't belong to ourselves. So it's like when we engage in the things of this world, we are vandalizing our bodies. We are vandalizing the property of God, right? Like, think of it like this. Like, God is lending you this body, right? Like, you are borrowing it for a time. So it's also up to us to take care of it the way that he designed for us to take care of it, if that makes sense, right? Because to dust we were made, to dust we shall return. So while we are alive, we don't want to spend time wasting our life. We want to make sure that the life that God has given us to live on this earth fulfills his plans for us and fulfills the will that he originally had for us and that is able to do everything that he has instilled for us to do, right? So it's really important that we Honor God by being pure in our bodies, right? Taking care of our bodies and things of that nature. We're going somewhere. Keep following me because there's a few more scriptures that we're going to open up. Mark chapter 7, verse 20 to 23. And it says, and then he added, it is what comes from inside that defiles you. From within, out of a person's heart, comes evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, and foolishness. All these vile things come from within. They are what defile you, right? So, out of the abundance of the heart, 
the mouth speaks. And that's in Luke chapter 6, verse 45, which says, A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. What is coming out of your mouth? Whatever is coming out of your mouth is a reflection of what is happening on the inside of you. If you find yourself, you know, cussing a lot, find yourself, you know, spending a lot of time talking about perverted things. If you find yourself talking about things that are not edifying to people around you or to yourself, like none of it is encouraging. None of it is uplifting. None of it is helping someone. It's pretty much tearing down, causing insecurity and things like you have to look at the way that you are speaking because that is the nature of your heart. The Bible tells us also that the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who can know it? And that's in um, Jeremiah chapter 17, verse 9, right? So after reading all these scriptures, we know that without God, we are a hot mess. Without God, we make messes. Without God, we are fueling the, the kingdom of darkness. We are fueling that agenda. We are doing more harm than good apart from Christ, right? But I'm here to encourage you that there's a way to become pure in the sight of God. There is a way to practice purity and there is a way to live a set apart life as we are called to live. We, we are not to, even though we are sent into the world, we're not to be of the world. We're sent into the world to populate the kingdom of heaven and not to encourage and populate the kingdom of darkness. Right, so we're gonna start with Psalm 51, verse 5 to 7, and it says, For I was born a sinner, yes, from the moment my mother conceived me, but you desire honesty from the womb, teaching me wisdom even there. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Amen. So we know that this scripture signifies that we're born into sin. We are born into unclean circumstances because of what happened in the Garden of Eden. And, you know, when Adam and Eve ate the fruit that they were not supposed to eat, contamination entered the world and caused the ripple effect through everything. So since that incident, every child that was birthed after that was now born into sin right but because of jesus we now have the access to the holy spirit who can purify us from our sins and clean cleanse us with the blood of jesus which washes us and makes us whiter than snow in his sight amen because prior to coming into Christ, our lives are pretty much unclean for the most part. Like, as I mentioned earlier, there is a quote unquote natural attraction that we have to sin because we're born into sin. 
So naturally, we gravitate to things that satisfy our flesh and whatever we feel like doing. We're led by our emotions and we're led by other factors that I will get into later on in this episode. And funny enough, there are many professing Christians that still struggle with living a pure life. And living a pure and holy life is not an easy task. But I want to encourage you that we can only live a pure and holy life because the Holy Spirit helps and teaches us to do so. Let's open up John 14, 26. It says, but when the father sends the advocate as my representative, that is the Holy Spirit, he will teach you everything and remind you of everything I have told you. Amen. The Holy Spirit literally teaches us everything and reminds us of everything God has told us in his word. Very, very important to have the Holy Spirit and to engage the Holy Spirit in our everyday life. It's not easy as for at first, but when you practice engaging the Holy Spirit over time, you begin to see how he responds in real time. Let's go to John chapter 16, verse 13 to 14. When the spirit of truth comes, he will guide you into all truth. He will not speak on his own, but will tell you what he has heard and he will tell you about the future. He will bring me glory by telling you whatever he receives from me. The Holy Spirit is the legit messenger of God, right? The Holy Spirit is the key to having access to God 24-7, 25-8, all right? And I also want to tell you not to be discouraged by thinking that you are too dirty, to truly accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. Don't think that you're too far gone for God to clean and transform you. If you read the Bible, you will see how God used many people for his glory. There's Paul, there's David, there's Rahab. Paul was a murderer. He was a Pharisee and he was a murderer. He killed Christians thinking that he was doing God a favor. But God encountered Paul and drastically changed his life. And Paul now was an apostle for Christ Jesus, spreading the gospel, and he wrote pretty much almost all of the New Testament. Like a good big chunk of the New Testament, Paul wrote that. Can you imagine? Rahab was a prostitute and ended up being a helper to the people of God. Turned her story around, right? God can take a mess and make it a masterpiece. But here's the catch. We have to agree to surrender our life to him, to live for him, and most importantly, fellowship with him. Because an authentic relationship with Christ is the actual, actual, actual key for transformation, lasting transformation to take place. 
That is where our wiring, our internal wiring changes by way of a true and authentic relationship with Christ Jesus. A lot of us know of God, but we don't know God. Right. And to know God for yourself is to spend time with him, whether that's spending time with him in the word, spending time with him in prayer, spending time with him in worship. That is how we develop an authentic relationship with God. Kind of think of it as trying to develop a relationship with a person that you have your eye on, your spec. Right. Treat it like that. You get to know them. You study them. You learn them. You spend time with them. And the more you spend time with them, the more the intimacy is able to be developed. Proximity creates intimacy. The closer you are to God, the deeper your connection is with him. The Bible says to if you seek me with all your heart, you will find me. Right. So sometimes it may be it may not take as much time to find God at first, but then other times it will take you tearing in the presence of God to truly encounter him. Right. God stands outside of time. So you should never be worried about, oh, I don't have time to spend time with God. I don't have time. I don't have time. I don't have time. Yes, you have time. It's just that we have poor time management. And I can confess to this too. Because the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says, But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Seeking first the kingdom of God is the key to everything in your life. Honestly and truly, if you have a busy schedule, it low-key means nothing if you didn't put God first. Like, literally, it's kind of like everything you did that day was for nothing because, essentially, you did not put God first to go ahead of you and make every crooked path straight. There is an advantage that we miss out on when we don't put Christ first, right? Right? And as it relates to purity, when we put God first, he's able to cleanse us. He's able to wash us. He's able to do the work on the inside of us so that whenever we come across certain things in our day that try to like force us to engage in impurity and lawlessness, we've already been prepped and prepared by the Holy Spirit to shy away from engaging in anything That could contaminate our purity in that day. Spending time in the presence of God is very important. Do you take a shower every day? If you take a shower every day, we should be spending time with God every day, right? You take a shower to cleanse yourself. You take a shower so you're not going outside funky, you know, brushing your teeth. You cleanse yourself, right? But how come we don't? have the same care for our spiritual man, right? We spend so much time, you know, taking care of our flesh, but our spirit man is dirty 
starving and looking raggedy because we neglect spending time with the Father. We neglect to seek first the kingdom of God so that he can do the soul care and the spirit care that needs to happen on the inside of us. It's crazy. Like you can look great, but then when you open your mouth, it's like, ugh, that's what's on the inside of you. Remember, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I want to encourage you to start prioritizing God, putting him at the first part of your day, giving God the first fruits of your day. I mean, honestly and truly, we're alive only because of him. Like the breath in our lungs is the Holy Spirit. It's the breath of life. It's God himself. So the life that we have is not even ours because we cannot keep our own self alive. It's only God that keeps us alive. There's no science to deeply explain how we're alive. But the Bible tells us in Genesis chapter 2 that he put the breath of life in our lungs. We're living on borrowed breath. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like... Let me go ahead and find a scripture for you before some people will start looking for me and saying, what do you mean? Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, and it says, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living being. Hey! Hello! We cannot keep ourselves alive. It's the Holy Spirit that keeps us alive. The Bible tells us that he watches over our souls, that he never sleeps or slumbers. So when we're sleeping, do you not know that God is watching over us? Because technically and truly, when we're sleeping, our spirits are traveling. You know, if you're a dreamer, you understand. It's crazy. It's God that watches over our souls and you know, make sure that it returns to our body so we can wake up the next day. You people, even me, I'm getting convicted. <laughs> like, we want to take God a little more seriously out here, right? He says that we should not be with spots, wrinkle, or blemish. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. Now, it's going to talk about husbands and wives, but think about it like this. We are the bride of Christ, the church. That's us. We're the bride of Christ. And Christ is the groom. So Christ is the husband. We are the wives. All right. So we're going to read this scripture from that lens. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25 to 27. And it says, husbands. Love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word, that he might present it to himself, a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. So our husband which is Christ, right? Because we come together with him as we say, yes, we are the bride of Christ. We are the church. We He loves us and he died for us. Christ loves us and he died for us. And he left us all the tools that we need, 
which is the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit helps us to not have spot, wrinkle, or blemish because he sanctifies, cleanses, and washes us by the water of the word. And in order for that to take place, we need to be spending time in the word of God. Hello? How can we be changed, transformed, washed, and cleansed if we're not reading the Bible, the word of God, God's words to us, for us? Think about that. Think about that. The only way that we can be pure is if we truly engage God in everything that he has left for us to have. The Holy Spirit is the one that shifts our morals to reflect Christ. When we seek God, that is where we learn who God has made us to be before corruption and contamination came into the picture. That is how we are able to live as consistent ambassadors of Christ. So take that as an assist to go and experience God for yourself. People can tell you about God all day, but until you experience him for yourself, that is where change happens. Let's go to Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14 and 16, it says, So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings we do. Yet, he did not sin. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. Amen. Jesus lived the perfect life on this earth and it's not like it was easy for him because if you read the gospel, you can see the times where he was very vulnerable in prayer to God, um, where it, it was as if he was, you know, wanting to second guess the reason why God sent his him to the world in the first place. Right. But through everything that Jesus went through, he experienced all testings that we face yet he did not sin he completed his mission so that we can have the access that we do to god the father now through jesus christ wow amen and that access helps us to go through the cleaning the purifying the sanctification that access allows us to be clean in the sight of god amen we're going to go to Hebrews chapter 10, and I'm going to read from verse 19 to 22. And it says, And so, dear brothers and sisters, we can boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. By his death, Jesus opened a new and life-giving way through the curtain into the most holy place. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting him. For our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean, and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Verse 23, let us hold tightly without wavering to the hope we affirm, for God can be trusted to keep his promise. This is 
an encouraging verse because the blood of Jesus gives us access. The blood of Jesus does the cleansing. The blood of Jesus helps us. It washes our bodies, makes us pure in the sight of God, and so much more. Amen. When we call on the name of Jesus, he answers. He answers. He answers. He answers when we call on him with a sincere heart to do the transformative work, he will do it. And it's also up to us to stay faithful through the process. Because when we go through change, it doesn't always happen instantly. Most times the change happens over time. Because as it took a while for habits to form, it can take a while for habits to break. So it's also on us to remain faithful to Christ during the process. Amen. Now, before I go, I want to point out some practical ways we can practice purity as children of God. I want to first emphasize that we are to guard our gates. What are our gates? We have eye gates, we have ear gates, and our mouth is a gate. Remember I said... Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks, right? So let's start with the eyes. The eyes are the lamp to our soul. If you go to Matthew chapter 6, verse 22, it says, Your eye is like a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. So it also implies that if your eye is not healthy, your body is filled with what? Darkness. Our eyes, it's very important that we are watching what we watch, being careful with what we're looking at, right? You know, pornography is a big thing out here um, that we allow into our eye gates because like when we watch that stuff and it enters um, our spirits, we we don't know what door we just open to that thing. And pornography is actually like a really nasty spirit that like, perverts everything on the inside of you as possible like it robs you of your innocence and can even take your ability to think straight about a thing because of how perverted and disgusting pornography is really like it should not be something that we engage in as children of God you know, especially what we see on TV, you know, the sex scenes getting a little bit outrageous and you will sit there and watch it, especially if you're not married. Like, you know, that is not helping your spirit, man. That is not strengthening you in the fruits of the spirit, but strengthening you in the, you know, contaminations um, that that brings. So being careful with what you look at is very important. And if you ask the Holy Spirit to be your filter, he will convict you, right? He will warn you. He will signal that, Hey, this ain't something you should be watching next slide, you know, close it out, move on. You feel me? The next gate is the ears. If we open up Romans chapter 10, verse 17, it says, So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. I want to focus on the faith comes by hearing. What are you listening to? 
The things that you listen to are the things that you will believe. I promise you. As a man thinks, so is he. So if you're spending time listening to things that tear down your spirit, man, that don't encourage you, that are not uplifting the agenda of Christ, you will now become a believer of those things. Your faith is growing in the things that you listen to. If you listen to something long enough, you will begin to believe it, right? So when we guard our ears, we want to be more intentional about what we are listening to. That can be music. That can be what we watch, what they're saying, like the people around what they're saying. Like we want to guard our ear gates. It's very important that we are listening to things that are lifting up the spirit our spirit man that are reconnecting us back to the father that are reminding us about the attributes of the father and things of that nature that are fueling our faith in Christ and not fueling our faith away from Christ it's very important that we guard our ears the next gate that we should be guarding and watching over is our mouth our mouth the bible says In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, that death and life are in the power of the tongue and they that love it shall eat the fruit thereof. Whatever we are saying is either speaking life or death. We need to control our tongue. If you go look at James chapter three, we can do, let's go from verse six. All the way to verse 11. So we're going to look at James chapter 3 verse 6 to 11. It says, And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It is a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire. For it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Verse 12, does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. Wow. If you're the same mouth, God, that you're speaking with is speaking blessing on one side and then turn it on and speak cursing from the same mouth. It is Overall, what? Contaminated. It is not pure. There's a mixing happening here. Right? And James going to give it to you straight. No chaser. Verse 9. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father. That's us on Sunday. And sometimes it curses those who have made in the image of God. We're not turn around and be destroying everybody's existence with our words. And then we call ourselves children of God, call ourselves ambassadors of Christ. Lord, help us up in here. 
Say a prayer point would be, Lord, help us to be consistent with what we speak. May our mouth always speak life in Jesus' name. Let us be slow to speak, oh God, and quicker to listen in Jesus' name. Mm-hmm. We don't want to be too, 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 too quick to speak in that manner. Does that make sense? Woo. Yeah. The mouth is the mouth, bro. It's the mouth. Now, the next thing we need to be guarding is our heart. Go to Proverbs 4. Proverbs 4, verse 23. It says, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So our from our heart flows the course of our life and our heart is connected to essentially what our mouth speaks so the mouth expresses what's on the heart and the eyes and ears fuel what goes into the heart does that make sense it's very important that we understand that guarding our heart also means that we are guarding our eyes and our ears which also means that we're guarding our mouth to make sure that the Holy Spirit is truly our filter in helping us to speak life. It's a lot. So out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks and everything that we ingest from our eyes, our ears, and even through our mouth, bro, there is some, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, there is some food and drinks that we should not be eating that we should not be putting into our system and by the grace of god i will expand more on that later because me too i'm learning you know about not engaging in the consumption of things that are sacrificed to idols and that one's gonna shake a lot of tables but Even the stuff that goes into our mouth, we have to be careful about the source. Where is it coming from? Because a lot of the popular places that we buy food and drink from are places that that do sacrifice to idols. Hey, God help us in this place. Next thing we need to be guarding is our surroundings. The people around you. Who do you have around you? Who do you have around you? <laughs> Apostle Apostle Joshua Summon would say, um, if you have five foolish people around you, you've counted wrong. There are six. You're one of them. Oh my gosh. Alright, let's open some scripture. Let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 33. And it says, don't be fooled by those who say such things. For bad company corrupts good character. Verse 34, think carefully about what is right and stop sinning. For to your shame, I say that some of you don't know God at all. The company that we keep and the activities that we engage in determine whether we truly know God and fear him. When we grow in Christ, we naturally grow away from certain people, certain environments due to coming into that revelation of be holy for I am holy. 
that revelation of I have called you to be set apart, that revelation of come out from among them, that revelation of for I've called you out of darkness into light. There's a separation that happens. Therefore, you should be leaving people that are not encouraging you to grow closer to God and finding yourself around people that are encouraging you to grow higher in Christ Jesus. So the people around you are very important because um, scripture also says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 17, that as iron sharpens iron, so a friend sharpens a friend. How can you be sharpened in the Lord if you're on it, if you're surrounded by blocks of wood? No, you need people that are carrying their sword of the spirit, the word of God. So they can sharpen you and help you grow and make you stronger in the things of the Lord, right? They help you be fortified in the things of God. So it's really important to look at your environment. You can control the people around you, honestly. You can. You have the authority to set proper boundaries. Use it very well. Ask the Holy Spirit to increase your discernment and to help you, to give you the words to say, right? Because in that aspect, there are some bridges that you have to burn. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's some bridges that you have to burn. You probably will never see. There's some people that you'll probably never see again. But if you allow the leading of the Holy Spirit to help you, you'll leave them for now. And maybe down the line and maybe down the line in your lifetime, you know, God might use you to lead them to Christ at their proper time. Right. But for the sake of your growth and for the sake of your rate of acceleration, there are some things that need to happen fast and without much thought, right? Because your salvation is at stake. Amen? And the last thing that I want to leave us with is to guard your mind. Now, to guard our mind, we're going to go to Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I feel like I've gone to the scriptures so many times, but... What the word of God is for, we have to keep going back and going back and going back and going back. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 it says, Do not copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. When we guard our minds, we are allowing God to occupy that space. And in order for God to occupy that space, we are filling it through our ear gate and our eye gate with things of God. Do you understand? Worship, the Bible, his words, praying, watching things that are edifying our spirits, listening to sermons. Those things that are transforming us, allowing God to do the work by changing the way that we think, helping us to learn and know God's will for us. It lets him clean out the garbage that's been living there as he deposits the revelation that needs to be dwelling in our minds. 
Amen. Let's go to Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. Philippians chapter 4, verse 8. And it says, And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice, verse 9, all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. There's a theme here. There is an unlearning and a learning that needs to take place. A deprogramming and programming that needs to take place. When corruption entered the world, it messed up the original wiring that God set in place. So now Christ is the solution to bring things back the way they were at the beginning as it was meant to be. So Christ, the Holy Spirit, is our helper to deprogram us from everything, everything, everything that contaminated us, that has made us dirty in the sight of the Lord. And he helps us, the Holy Spirit helps us to relearn and to know and to fix and to rewire and to bring us back to the original design that God has set in place for us to function as his child. Gee, I'm not going to lie, this one's a little loaded. And I thank the Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. All right. Now, we've come to the end of the episode, and I want to encourage you once again that it doesn't matter how messed up your past is. It doesn't matter where you're coming from. God is ready and willing to take you in, give you his Holy Spirit, and begin the work on the inside of you. Your past does not define you. God is still very capable of transforming your future. That's the most important part. Don't dwell on the things in the past. Let's go to Isaiah chapter 43. It says, Isaiah chapter 43, verse 18 to 19, it says, But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I'm going to do. For I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Before Christ, we come to him presented as a dry wasteland because we lacked the living water, which is Christ Jesus himself right? But when we accept him as our Lord and Savior, he now creates rivers of living water in our life, right? When we drink from his well, when we eat his food, which is the word of God. The Bible says in Matthew 4 that I do not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. The word of God is food to our soul. The Holy Spirit is the living water. Christ is the living water. So I want to encourage you to forget everything about your past. Forget your body count. Forget the offenses that you committed. Forget the crimes. Forget everything. Every Forget everything that seeks to demote you as a human being because you did those things. You are now less than 
right? But no, God does not see you as less than when you humbly come before him with a repentant heart, seeking his face and asking him to change you, to touch your heart, to turn your heart of stone into a heart of flesh, to to ask uh, Jesus to cleanse you with his blood so that you may become clean in the eyes of the Father, making you white as snow, clearing you out, purifying you, sanctifying you. And then when God does the work on the inside of you, you now ask him for wisdom to maintain the work that he has done on the inside of you so that he can continue to bring you to greater and greater and greater heights living a life that is pure is hard but when we do the hard things we reap good benefits there is a good reward there is a good harvest when we sow the seeds of purity and we continue to sow seeds of purity by walking that out in our everyday life There's a reason why God did not want us to eat the fruit of the knowledge of good and evil. There's a reason because he never wanted us to be contaminated with that. That is something that would have contaminated the perspective and lens that he has placed on us to to look at life through. We were never supposed to know death. We were never supposed to know evil. But because... Confusion entered the chat. We are now been introduced to all kinds of contamination. Help us, Lord, in this place. So we're going to pray and wrap this up. And I'm really praying that the Holy Spirit um, was able to enlighten you and show you some areas in, in your life in which you need to invite him so that he can help you in that area to be pure and and give you wisdom and revelation to practice purity in those areas. At first it's hard, but over time you become accustomed to that lifestyle of of living a pure life because you've truly allowed God to change your internal wiring. So Lord, I just begin to pray over every listener, Lord, that you will really help us pursue the purity that you desire for us to pursue, Lord. We pray that you would help us stay pure. We pray that you would help us to always put you first in everything that we do so that we know that as we put you first, you go before us to help us. You go before us to do the damage control that needs to be done. You go before us as an act of prevention. Oh God, help us understand the the weight in Matthew chapter 6 verse 33 to seek you first in everything that we do oh God help us to put routines into place that begin to build the practice of seeking you first oh God we pray Lord that you would begin to rewrite our story oh God we are thankful that we are not defined by our past your word says that you cast our sins as far away as the east is from the west Lord we thank you that where we have started off in our life is not where you desire us for to finish because your word says that you you sent you loved you loved us so much that you sent your son to die on the cross and rise again so that we would not perish but have eternal life. 
Lord, we thank you that you desire us and you have equipped us with the tools that we need to live a pure life, oh God. To live a pure and holy life, oh God. We thank you for your example that's only founded in Christ Jesus. And Lord, help us to study the life of Jesus so that we can truly be imitators of him as you have called us to be his ambassadors, your ambassadors, oh God. Help us in our purity, oh God. Help us in our minds. Help us with the things that we watch. Help us with the things that we listen to. Help us with the way that we speak. Help the condition of our heart, oh God. Help the conditions of our mind, oh God. Lord, our environments, oh God, begin to do a cleansing and a sweeping in our environments, oh God. We invite you in. We invite you in. We invite you in. We invite you in to make us pure, to make us clean in your sight in the name of Jesus. Lord, we pray that your pure water begins to wash us right now. Wash us right now, oh God. Wash us. Wash us in every area of our life that does not represent the clean spirit that you are, oh God. Wash begin to wash by the blood of Jesus. Father God, we thank you that we are not defined by our past, oh God, but we are defined according to Christ Jesus. We thank you, oh God, that you have made us the head and not the tail, oh God. We thank you that you that we can call you Abba Father. We thank you for the access that we have to you now. Thank you that we can come boldly to your throne of grace. And that we will find the help that we need, oh God. Lord, we thank you. We thank you, Lord Jesus. That in you, in you alone, we can become whole. That every broken piece that life has done to us can truly be healed and restored by you and you alone, oh God. Lord, thank you. Thank you, oh God, that you are our teacher, that the Holy Spirit is our teacher and our guide, oh God, that guides us into all truth, oh God, and transforms us truly. Help us in our relationship with you, oh God. Help us develop an intimate relationship with you, oh God. May we desire you more than we desire anything or anybody else. Thank you, Lord Jesus. In Jesus' name that we have prayed. Amen. If you made it this far, thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I pray that you were blessed and took some things away that you can apply to your own life. As always, I have a link in my description with all the links to the social media, the podcast, Instagram, my personal TikTok, my personal YouTube, um, and other links in there that you wish to explore at your own discretion. But thank you once again for listening. I love and appreciate y'all's support. God bless you. I love you. And see you in the next episode. Deuces.